You're listening to the Blogger at Large Travel Podcast with founder Megan Singleton. Her tagline is the word in travel, and you will find nearly 1,000 posts filled with the best travel tips, ideas, and inspiration from around the world. Today, my guest is Brent Thomas, the Chief Operating Officer at House of Travel and also the President of the Travel Agents Association of New Zealand, or TAANZ. Welcome, Brent. Thank you for your time and thanks for coming along and joining me on the podcast today. Thanks, Megan. It's lovely to be here with you. Well, you um, obviously are now are becoming a busy man, but how have the last couple of years been for you, for House of Travel, yeah, in a nutshell? It's been a tough two years for the whole industry, and House of Travel has not been an exception to it. As an industry, we've lost nearly two-thirds of our staff, so we're counting about 5,000 employees down to 1,500. Um, most of the stores are still open across the country, uh, which might surprise some people, but that's because uh, people are keen to continue to operate with their own customer. They've obviously been dealing with credits and refunds, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but also the, the perseverance, that, uh, because they know this industry will bounce back, and we're starting to see those green shoots now that we've got a definitive date to our borders open. So there is definitely light at the end of the tunnel, but the last two years has been incredibly tough, but the resilience of uh, people has been amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're seeing Kiwis booking now for overseas travel. Have you seen a bit of a spike uh, since this, well, since borders and things like that are changing? We certainly saw a spike in 2021 when Cook Islands and Australia borders opened, and of course that then came to a grinding halt quickly yeah. uh, once those shut. But we are definitely seeing uh, bookings coming through now. What's interesting to note is that a lot of those bookings that are coming through are for places in Europe and the UK. Uh-huh. So people are definitely booking long haul. And part of that will be people have now been almost been three years away from blood bus because if they were planning to go in 2019, yeah. 2019, your next trip now in 2022, it's three years apart. That's a long time for people yeah. uh, to be away from loved ones. So we've definitely seen bookings coming through uh, for people to go and visit friends and family. But there's also a number of people who are looking to get away on holiday and they are starting to book now. And part of the reason they need to start booking now is air capacity is going to be an issue for the yes. next few months. We've only got four carriers coming into New Zealand to take passengers at the moment. Mm. It soon goes to six. But that's a long way away from the 30 that we had coming into New Zealand in 2019. Yeah, I see Air New Zealand put out um, a release yesterday um, talking about some of their long-haul routes to the States coming back on, um, which is good news, obviously. But if So I've got a tour that I'm still hoping to get away to the Greek islands for a cruise mm-hmm. this September. And at the moment, well, it's fully refundable, you know, cancel for any reason up until May. Um, and I've got one lady, she messaged me and she's already looking at flights. But so at the moment, as you say, I think there's just sort of Emirates, Qatar, Singapore. Do you think um, coming into that last quarter of the year, we will see more international airlines coming into New Zealand? Yeah, well, it's a situation of supply and demand. If there's definitely demand, the airlines will come back. Okay. However, to make it work while for the airlines to come back into New Zealand, we have to move away from self-isolation. Yes. People aren't going to come to New Zealand as a tourist or even a businessman if they have to have uh, seven to ten days self-isolation. Absolutely. 
So what we are seeing around the Western world is self-isolation is going. Uh, the need even for some pre-testing before you board is going as well. So the UK, Denmark, etc., no longer require you to be tested before you head into those countries. What we need to see the New Zealand government is catching up on that and moving to a situation where that there is no self-isolation. That will bring demand into New Zealand, that will create capacity uh, out of New Zealand for the airlines. And until we see it, we won't see airlines responding in a meaningful way because the number of New Zealanders travelling doesn't make it uh, alone worthwhile for flights to come in here. So on that, um, the government still has their uh, do not fly warning on their travel safe website. What are the implications of that then for uh, airlines, for perhaps even insurance companies or people looking to travel and wanting to get insurance? Are there any pitfalls that people need to be aware of? Yeah, I mean, there's an expectation that the do not travel will come off uh, from the government for most countries around the world, simply because as Omicron starts to spread even greater inside New Zealand, the risk is not at the border. Right now, the number uh, is around 15% of only people who have got Omicron are coming across the border. The other 85% is already in the community, and that number is just going to continue to grow. So yeah. you'd expect that the do not travel is actually going to come away. Uh, what it is, does do, uh, when you remove that, that means then you can get insurance for COVID. So there's a, there's a misconception out there that if you get COVID in the travel, you're not going to be covered by insurance. Let's be very clear. You can get insurance that covers you for COVID. What it won't cover is if the government reinstitutes a do not travel for that country. Mm. So that's when insurance no longer would apply in terms of any additional cost. However, the government has been very clear to say that now they've opened the borders later in February, they are proposing that those borders will stay open. So the, the risk is now getting significantly reduced uh, that the borders are going to be open and shut, open and shut, like they yeah. in 2021. Yeah. And are you actually, so let's say I'm, I've gone to the States, I'm in Los Angeles, and someone near me gets COVID. Has all of that sort of gone by the wayside in countries like the US, the UK, France, what you were saying just before? Mm. So it's not likely on my international trip I will get told to self-isolate anyway anymore? That's definitely the case. Uh, we're seeing there's now the move in the UK, Denmark, let's just use those as two examples, where people are no longer required to do a whole lot of things that they were previously, including no longer mask wearing in Denmark, for instance. Yeah. You know, they've really opened up completely. Yeah. The petitioning now in the US is to also move as far as not even to require people to be tested before they even come into the States. Right. So if you if you go to some of these countries now, um, in inverted commas, people are back to normal ways of living, 2019 sort of style. So New Zealand is travelling overseas would notice a significant difference in moving around the country as they are at the moment. The other thing people need to notice, the world is actually moving on and they're starting to book so what we are seeing is places like Hawaii are filling up. Right. So people are thinking about travelling in 2022. They really do need to start planning and booking sooner rather than later. Yeah. Because air capacity is not going to be as, as big as it used to be. And secondly, the world is travelling. So in the US, for instance, uh, the numbers back travelling are 80% of 2019. So we're already getting close to getting back to, again, inverted normal. normal. 
uh, cruise around the world is back over 80% of its capacity uh, where it was. We've got cruise companies that have run tens and tens of uh, their trips, never had a COVID case on them. And that's because of all the uh, things that they put in place, protocols, to make sure it's all good. So the world is moving on. We are one of the last countries in the world to fully uh, move to a border opening. And we're certainly going to be one of the last countries to move uh, move away from self-isolation. And that's impacting not just tourism, it's impacting the whole country. Yeah. Simply because without that uh, capacity coming in, then uh, exporters can't move their goods as well. So it's, it's a real supply chain problem as well. Sure. So given that there's going to be, there is at the moment such so few airlines flying out of New Zealand to take us anywhere, are you seeing prices go skyrocketing up from 2019? Or, yeah, where are you at with that? So there's two impacts on uh, why prices are higher than they were in 2019. One is, as you say, there's significantly less carriers. There's going to be six carriers flying to New Zealand uh, come the end of February. There was nearly 30 uh, in 2019. So the, there is a supply and demand issue there. But secondly, to be fair to the airlines, fuel prices have gone up. You know, if yes. people go uh, to go and fill their car up now, you notice that that cost it Absolutely. Know, that 12 months ago. Well, the airlines are exactly the same. Uh, around about 30 to 35% of an airline's cost is its fuel. So if you think about that, fuel's gone up 30, 40, 50%, depending on when they buy, um, it makes a material difference on pricing. Yeah. So those two factors, lack of capacity, lack of competition is impacting and mm. the fuel prices. What we will see as that demand comes, as the government changes the requirements of self-isolation and we see capacity coming back into the marketplace, competition will drive pricing. However, if people have got events they need to go to, say in September, they need to be booking now because there's no guarantee that capacity will be back in by that time. So if you've got an event we need to go to in the UK in September, you need to be booking now. Can you, uh, like, so let's say I did that for my September cruise and then for whatever reason come our 120 days out when we've got, when we can choose to cancel for any reason, are the airlines offering something like that? Could we get a refund or a credit if that tour, say, didn't go ahead? Yeah, so, so that's going to come down to airlines' rules, their T's and C's themselves. Uh, and, and different airlines have different rules. So some are allowing you to uh, put into credit the amount that you have paid. And that's, as I say, it's just going to be down with the airline by airline. But those rules can change. And that's part of the complexity of travelling now. It's going to be far greater in 2022. And that's where a travel agent adds huge amount of value. Yes. Literally, I was sitting with a whole lot of travel agents just yesterday, and they were saying how the rules had changed from the day before on one of the major carriers to, to the day. Right. Very hard for people to actually keep up with it. That's what a, a travel agent brings that value. Uh, yeah. Can they deal with the credits? Yes. Can they also understand what the rules are and work through that with, with the customer? And obviously, the other thing too with using a travel agent is let's say you're off on your cruise somewhere and something happens while you're asleep, your travel agent back home is scurrying around sorting things out for you. (laughs) Most definitely. And we only just have to go back a few months. You know, a number of countries changed their requirements from 72 hours before you arrive for being tested to 48 hours. Right. And then all of a sudden you go, where do I get tested? Yeah. In the middle of, you know, I don't know, somewhere like Munich, and you've got to get you going off to 
Prague? Yeah. What do I have to do? I don't know. Those sort of things that makes it more complex. Uh, and, and customers are, you know, a bit more thought because of that. Um, mm. And they want that guidance and help. And we certainly can provide that to them. Yeah. And I think we need to be clear as well that there's no additional cost to going through a travel agent. And in fact, they've got more access to, uh, but with their booking engines to than what you would find online, haven't they? Yeah, that's quite a misconception that you know often people think they do it themselves, they'll be able to do it you know, for cheaper or for better. Two things about that. Uh, you only find out what you can find out that you know. So uh, we bring a wealth of knowledge uh, from years and years in the industry uh, that bring those little extras that make a trip really memorable. Um, the reality is a flight over there is just a flight over there. It's the memories you create within the place that is better long-lasting. So a huge amount of knowledge that we can share. But also we have access uh, through our tools as well to all those online sites that everybody else has. So yeah. we, do the, we can do all the comparing for the people. So when you bring that knowledge and, and all that ability to access all that product, uh, it's an invaluable service that a travel agent provides. Yeah. But I've even found, um, say, as somebody who wants to go to Los Angeles, Miami, Cayman Islands, uh, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, home, I could not find as many flights that could potentially connect as a travel agent could find for me. No, and that's and that's and that's so true because there is so many combinations, permutations on that situation. Um, you know, and that would be a wonderful trip. I looked at it. Yeah, it's a fantastic. Place <laughs> I did too. Yeah, my brother lives there at the moment, so yeah, we're off. Yeah. We we can't wait to get back there. Oh, yeah. yeah no. So so you know there are and, and so what airline are you going to fly? You know, yeah. How many stops do you want to take, and are you prepared to do a red eye over the night from Los Angeles and to Miami and all those this, things? And exactly, and the other thing, the little snafu that has happened to me before is if you do book your own sector tickets. Those tickets don't talk to each other. So if one leg gets cancelled or delayed, you're stuffed. You're stuck in an airport until the next day. And that actually did happen to me. Yeah, and it can be uh, at your own personal cost as well. Yes, because yes. it's not the it's not the onboarding airlines problem uh, mm. that you miss miss the flight. So again, uh you or someone finds you in Los Angeles, you know you're gonna miss your connection. That one will ring back to your travel agent and all of a sudden you can get all those things sorted. And so if yeah. you were flying to Miami and you're getting on a cruise ship, you know, yeah. out of some out of Miami or Fort Lauderdale, they can fix all that for you with that one phone call. Huge yeah. value. Yeah. Huge, huge value. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm yeah, huge fan. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of the converted, but hopefully um, our listeners will also understand that that's really so vital, even pre, obviously, pandemic. Um, it was vital, but now even more so with, as you say, the changing rules and the moving feast that is rules and requirements and government situations. And, you know, I think uh, Cayman Islands actually still has lockdown, um, or not lockdown, um, quarantine for incoming passengers and stuff. So, you know, you do need someone with their finger on the pulse to actually be able to put all that together. So yeah. are you guys in good heart? Like, how's the industry? So, as I said before, very resilient industry. Um, by nature, people who work in the travel industry are positive people. They're people, people. They love yeah. you know the interaction with people. They, you know, so they're always looking forward to stuff and and, and helping people. Uh, but it's been tough, mentally, yeah. mentally tough. Uh, yeah, you know, you cannot underestimate what these gone through. So, we other industries talk about around 30, 40, 50 percent of sales 
the travel industry or the travel agency industry has been down over 90%. So we've been living off less than 10%. So people have had to take other jobs on, they've taken mortgages on their houses to keep the business afloat. Why do they do that? Because they love the industry. They love helping people. They love making dreams come true. And they are really looking forward to the next you know, 12 months because as we come out of it, they'll be back and doing what they love doing, which is helping people. So, yeah. Yeah, in good spirits. But, um, you know, like a lot of industries, one of the issues we'll face is staffing shortages. Yes. Um, we lost so many people. Um, we would hope to entice some back into the industry. But we're like, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be difficult. But um, as I say, once you've got travel in the in the blood, as you well know, it's hard to get it out. Yeah. Um, and so people who work in the industry, obviously, you know, we are fortunate we get to travel a bit as well. It's a great industry, and so people are, by and large, you know, that they feel like they've got through the hard yards. Yeah. And, and now they're going to um, have the rewards for that, for, and the reward for both perseverance but also having looked after the customer so well dealing with all those credits dealing with all those refunds uh helping people through those emotional yeah. roller coaster that they've been through um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's our time and do you think um given our hope that we will get you know several airlines coming back in um that will actually depend on the demand that new zealand is for international tourism, right? Not so much us desperate to get away to Europe and the States and wherever. Correct. So it's a, we are a backfill to people coming to New Zealand. But remember, New Zealand's a popular destination. It's still on the bucket list. If you go into places like the States and do a survey, New Zealand's very much a bucket list country to go and visit. Yeah. And that, that hasn't changed. But what we need to do is get the government to change the self-isolation so that we go back to the top of that list yes. rather than being further down the list. Because at the moment, we're not open for business and people know that. So they're going to do and spend money in other countries. So Australia's open now. Go yeah. in there. You only have to do a, a, a rat test. You don't have to do a PCR. Right. You can go in without self-isolation. You know, So you've got the situation people will say, can't go to New Zealand, I'll go to Australia. We're missing nothing. Of course. So we need the government to get on board and recognise um, they are being left behind. And New Zealand will get left behind as a tourist destination. And that has an impact beyond tourism, as I said before. This impacts the whole supply chain. Ultimately, we are a small country at the bottom of the earth who exports a whole lot of product. And we need that air capacity to move that. Yeah. And, and that's the one of the additional benefits that we've got um, if we can get tourism back in that we have that supply chain sorted as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's great. Well, I'm I'm hopeful. I I'm actually hopeful that my uh my cruise, my Greek Islands Shirley Valentine cruise in September will go ahead and and uh then we're hoping to add a land tour of Italy on the back of that. Um and by all accounts, what you're saying is, you know, rules and regulations are coming off in Europe. So really the only potential will be if something happens with our government back here and and we can't get back home without self-isolation. But, I, I, you know, I still think by September that's going to be done and dusted. I'm just going to put it out there right now and say I think it'll be over in this quarter, the self-isolation. Well and I'm optimistic too. I think the government has certainly changed its uh, rhetoric. It's certainly changed its views as to what needs to happen in terms of around the border. But also they need to recognise that you can't use self-isolation, which is a Delta yes. response to Omicron. 
when we are having thousands of cases a day, and that's what the modelers of super are going to have in the very short future, then someone coming across the border yeah. is not going to add to that risk in any great shape. At the moment, as I say, we're running about 15% of cases that come, coming into the uh, community across the border. The yeah. other 85% are already in the community. Yeah. That number is just going to keep growing. So the risk is very low across the border. Self-isolation is not going to make a, a very much of a difference. So we need the government to change. We need the government to make that change, and I'd suggest by 1 April at the latest, yeah. so that it gives a clear message to the airlines to bring capacity back in, to bring tourists back into New Zealand. Uh, we, don't, we can't wait to quarter four this year. So... If I was you, I'd be optimistic too. It sounds like an exciting trip. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Italy is definitely my favourite country in the world to travel yeah. to, so uh, I'd be fantastic. Yeah. So are you? is that what your role is at TANS? Are you lobbying the government for this kind of um, stuff? For the- yes, so TANS is part of a thing called the Tra- uh, Tourism Association Network, which includes all the inbounders like TIA, um, Travel Export Council, um, the Hoteliers Association, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a whole, about 20 people who belong to this association. And we're meeting with Minister Nash and putting that forward. Minister Nash then has to take that to Cabinet, and ultimately that's a decision that Cabinet will make as to when those rules of change and, and self-isolation. But, but we would hope that Minister Nash, as Minister of Tourism, is pushing a strong case as I say, it's not just about tourism. It's about the whole of New Zealand. Yeah. So, you know, communities like the Franz Joseph on the, on the West Coast, South Island, they need tourism because that's what's their life like. Yeah. Um, and there's plenty of other places like that around New Zealand who yeah. need tourists to come back to get them revitalised. Yes. Well, you know, I agree with you. I hope Minister Nash is advocating for tourism with all his might because, as you say, that is his job. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of people relying on him to to make this happen. So, um, yeah, good luck to him. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, to everyone else who's, who's just waiting on that announcement, really, and these decisions. And I couldn't agree with you more, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, as, you know, like standing down a whole aeroplane because one person was infectious on board, I don't even think we're seeing data that one infectious person on a flight has infected others anyway at this point. And I think that's because of the Air New Zealand protocols around mask wearing, no food or drink are now served on board. Um, you know, it's probably negligible that a person would contract COVID on a flight. And yet only this week we saw a plane load of people flying between Queenstown and Auckland having now to go into self-isolation. Yeah, and you know self-isolation doesn't work. When you look at the places like the UK where so many people were having to self-isolate that, that actually businesses were then shutting down. So yes. self-isolation for Omicron is not a, an appropriate tool in the toolkit. Um, what they need to be doing is going that isolated person, same as when you do have a, a, a serious illness, you just keep yourself away from other people rather yeah. than all your close contacts being self-isolated as well. So you're right, we, we do expect Minister Nash to push for the tourism side of things, but we also expect Minister Woods to be pushing from the transport point of yes. view. We expect Minister Clark from a consumer's point of view. There's also the issue around mental health. So, you know, where are they, where are they hoping for that? Because... Being away from loved ones for three years, that's a big ask. Yes. And, and yes, it has the response in the first year was right because it definitely saved people in terms of sicknesses and, and death. 
But now we are an Omicron, they need to respond appropriately. Yeah. And self-isolation, lockdowns, they are not the right response. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Well, thanks so much, Brent. I really appreciate your time and you're a very busy man. And um, so thanks for coming on my podcast today. And uh, let's hope that our listeners will share it. And um, we can also, without standing on the grounds of Parliament with a banner, uh, we can can push (laughs) our message in a more perhaps uh, civilised manner. (laughs) Thanks, Megan. And like I say, this is, uh, I appreciate the opportunity as I say, it could be sound like I'm self-fulfilling from a travel agent's point of view, even from a tourism point of view. But really, this is about New Zealand. It's about the mental well-being of New Zealanders. It's about the business New Zealanders getting back going as well. And we really need to get that balance happening rather than just being a epidemiological um, response to something that really was a 2020-21 way of thinking. So, yeah, let's hope that they do. Um, I think everyone's getting pretty excited about the border side right and moving up to reconnect with the world in a meaningful manner. Absolutely. Oh, very well said. <laughs> Thank you again and um, look forward to catching up with you soon when we're all flying everywhere. Perhaps I'll see you in the Cayman Islands at some point. <laughs> Thanks, Megan. Thanks for listening to the Blogger at Large Travel Podcast with Megan Singleton. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can read more at bloggeratlarge.com or follow on Facebook slash bloggeratlarge to ask a question or find out how to have your business featured in an upcoming episode.